Have you seen the new Batman movie? No. Me neither. I honestly, I haven't seen a new Batman movie since the first Christian Bale one. What? You haven't seen The Dark Knight? Welcome back to the Balance for Life podcast. Um, our goal here, our vision, is to inspire you, to help you become the best version of yourself that you can possibly be. We want to help you uncover the secrets of happiness and true lasting success. Yeah. If you like what you hear, go ahead and hit that five-star review button, that like button, and join us on social media at Balance Number 4 Life. Uh, podcast at yep. the end. I almost forgot that part. At Balance Number Four Life Podcast is where you can find us. Except Twitter, where we are at Adam A N D Perry. Yep. And it's not that Adam's more important; it is that his name comes first alphabetically. Yeah. Uh, but you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and obviously Twitter, like we said. And you can watch on YouTube if you're not. You can just find us, search Balance Four Life Number Four, mm-hmm. and you can watch on YouTube. Perfect. So let's jump in today. Let's let's dive into this one. This is going to be a good one, I think. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. Um, like we said last week, none of these pillars are, are any more important. We didn't base them on any significance as far as what's more important or less important, but we are on our last of our four pillars. So we're, we're done defining pillars, and I think we get to jump into some fun stuff for next week. So yeah. uh, looking forward to this one, though. We're going to talk about financial health and probably most of you are wondering, well, how does this really relate as far as health goes, right? I mean, financial, yeah, it's it's important and it keeps us on track, but how does it really relate to us in a, in a health perspective? So that's what we're going to talk about today. So we're going to, we're going to talk about things like what is financial health? What does that exactly mean? Yeah. And then how can you become financially healthy? Yep. And then we're going to answer that big question of how financial health can affect our overall health. Yep. There so, we go. All important things. Definitely. So let's start with that first question. What does financial health mean? What is financial health? And we're going to focus on the offense and defense of finances. So that offense being the money that you bring in, the defense meaning the money that you spend versus save mm-hmm. uh, or invest, you know, that I, that's kind of offense too, I guess. But that offense defense basically what we're summing up there is do you spend more or less than you make mm-hmm. right and so no matter how much you make spending less than that no matter how much you spend making more than that i guess but we say uh spend less than you make rather than make more than you spend because spending is a, a little bit easier to control mm-hmm. how much you spend versus how much you make yep. now you can do things to increase the amount that you make but that's a little bit easier to spend and i think the majority of the issues that we have with finances, at least in the United States, are uh, connected to how much we spend rather than how much we make. Uh, now, there's there's potential issues on both sides, but that's that's why we say it that way. I think is because it's the bigger issue is how much people spend. Perfect. So let's let's talk about the the number one defense I think that we can have, which is a budget. Mm-hmm. Um, Budgeting. So boring, Adam. <laughs> I'm gonna fall asleep just talking about it. No, I'm really just kidding. Uh, I, I actually, 
I don't know if I want to use the word I enjoy, but I, I've actually gotten to the point where, because I've made a lot of PowerPoints over the last few years, and it's gotten to the point where it's kind of exciting, like mm -hmm. learning the new tricks of, of Excel spreadsheets. Oh, yeah. And like some of the things that you can do with it are pretty exciting. And like I love to color code things and mm -hmm. lock cells and all that oh, kind yeah. of stuff. So, yeah. The lookups. Yeah, it, it can be kind of exciting to create that budget. Um, I think the the part that gets a lot less exciting, at least for me, is sticking to it. When I well, no, when I uh, finish writing out that budget, and then I see that number yeah. at the end, and then I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's when it gets a little bit less exciting. But I I do enjoy the process of it, and and so that's fun. Um, but I think when we talk about budgeting. Like you said, it, it is kind of the boring part of financial health, right? It's not exciting. It's not making more money. It's not any of those things. Right. And like we mentioned in the beginning, we're not going to talk about easy tricks to make $100,000 in 30 days, right? right? We're, we're talking more about how are we maintaining that financial balance in our life. And so the fundamentals. Yeah, the yeah. fundamentals. So budgeting is, is that way that we're going to be able to see what we're spending, and see what we're making and kind of control that aspect that we can control as well as recognize where we're deficient yeah. and, and being able to recognize where we need to maybe adjust some things. So now you mentioned spreadsheets, mm -hmm. which I think can be a great way to set up a budget. And I'm sure if you just Google, you know, finance budget spreadsheet, something like that, you're going to find some resources, but there mm -hmm. are also apps that will help you create a budget. There are programs, there are websites you can find. So yep. if you just Google, how do I create a budget? You're going to find a, an abundance of resources. Yeah. So, and some of them are more complicated than others. If you want something really simple, you should be able to find something really simple. If you want to create your own spreadsheet and you know how to do that, awesome. Yeah. If you even go into, uh, we use, we use Google. There's also Microsoft, um, but there are Excel or sheets or, with, with most software things, there is going to be some sort of a spreadsheet yeah. template and pretty much all of them will have a structured template of a budget. So yeah. if you go in and just, you know, go into your Google Sheets or go into your Microsoft Excel and type in or, or go to add a new thing and it will say choose a template and you can choose a budget and it will actually pre-populate all of these different items and then you just add and subtract what you need and don't need. So but the key with the budget is figuring out how much you make, how much you spend, accounting mm -hmm. for every dollar and using that in, to empower you to spend less than you make. Yep, exactly. So and I think I think the key there is being willing to sacrifice the things that we don't need. I was actually listening to Atomic Habits mm -hmm. on the way up here, and I've been reading that as part of a book club that I'm in for work, and um, I actually really enjoy the book itself. I, mm -hmm. I think it's probably going to be in our book recommendations one of these days. I need to get a hard copy so I can get a picture of it, but I might just take the audiobook yeah. picture and put it up there, but that will definitely be one of our book recommendations is Atomic Habits, and he was talking about, I'm in the, the section where he's talking about the fourth law mm -hmm. of habits. Have you read it? Hmm. Okay. I haven't. So he's talking about the fourth law of the habits and it was make it sustainable 
think I can't remember specifically what the fourth law is, but um, but yeah, he, he talks about budgeting and how we can being willing to sacrifice what we want now. And he's talking about uh, as a culture kind of this idea of bad habits bring immediate reward or immediate pleasure, but long term downfalls. Right. Right. And uh, the sacrifices are going to bring immediate, maybe negative results or non results. And then the, the good results long term. So yeah. the, the idea there is finding ways and, and this is goes right into that point of being willing to sacrifice is creating ways that you can have some sort of immediate reward now for for saving that money. So one of the things that he brought up was if you're trying to create a budget, if you're trying to save money, maybe create a separate savings account and label it something that you want. Mm -hmm. And so he, he suggested I think it was if if you're a couple and you want to travel more, put this savings account and label it travel, travel yeah. or trip to Europe or trip to this place. And then every time you skip eating out or every time you skip buying on impulse, you put that same amount of money into that savings account. And then at the end of a year or two years or however long it takes you, you use that money. But you can see that savings account growing every time you make that sacrifice and that's your immediate reward is seeing this trip getting closer and closer yeah and like we talked about with dopamine it's the anticipation of the reward you're giving yourself this reward in the long term but every time you inch closer to it it's giving you that little shot of dopamine because you're anticipating exactly that reward in the long term so being being willing to sacrifice finding ways to make it a little bit easier and more pleasurable right to make those sacrifices now. And again, you need to find a balance. You don't need to sacrifice everything. And sometimes you don't need to sacrifice something all the way. Maybe it's cutting back. So when I was getting my master's degree and I was working an extra job and just trying to make ends meet, mm -hmm. my wife and I, one of the things we did was we didn't eat out very often, but we still ate out from time to time, right? We didn't never <laughs> eat out. We just we ate out at Taco Bell once a month instead of going to Olive Garden. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so well, we and, just... and again, that, that goes back to his, the Atomic Habits idea of every time you make that sacrifice, pay that money towards yourself. If you're eating fast food or, or if you're doing a cheaper date night, maybe take the rest of what you would have budgeted. Yeah. I, I think if you're, if you're budgeting for say $50 for dinner, and you only spend 20 of that, take the other $30 and put it into that savings account. Exactly. Give yourself that reward. And there can be fun ways to sacrifice as well. Mm -hmm. Making a fancy dinner in your own home and pretending like you're at a restaurant, right? Yeah. That that can be a way to sacrifice or buying a, you know, a TV dinner <laughs> yeah. or whatever is fun for you, right? Find a fun way to sacrifice and spend less when you need to. And the purpose of doing that is to help you get to the point where you don't have to sacrifice as much mm -hmm. and you can kind of have what you want. I'm still not quite at that point, but I'm getting closer. Yeah. I mean, I, I, my wife and I eat out more on dates than we used to. And we're able to do that partly because we made sacrifices earlier on mm -hmm. that help us to be able to do that now. Yeah, absolutely. So as we, as we talk about making these sacrifices, we're talking about these immediate rewards. We're talking about putting some money into savings. So where exactly do we want to be putting this money into, right? Yeah. Is there 
Is there a way that we want to maybe organize or structure our savings or anything like exactly. that? Exactly. And there are two main places that we've pulled inspiration from in this. So I feel like we need to give credit to both of those. Mm -hmm. And those are Dave Ramsey's or um, Baby Steps. Okay. And then the Brian Preston and the Money Guy show, they have an order of operations. Okay. And so basically what we're doing is kind of, for the purpose of this, just merging these together a little bit. Not totally, I mean, the attempt is, we're not, we're attempting to not copy them. Okay. Mm -hmm. But those are both really great resources where you can go and theirs are a little bit different than each other. So we're just talking about kind of a general, what should you do first with your money? Where should it go? And there was a lot of inspiration from both of those and yeah. what we're talking about. Perfect. And I think one of the things, so, and I, and I will say this, I don't necessarily agree with the entire Dave Ramsey method. Yeah. And I, and I know a lot of people don't, I know a lot of people do and it works for them and that's awesome. And I will, I will never tell anybody not to do something that works. And so I'm not, I'm not going to say you shouldn't use it. But one of the things that I do agree with is he says the first thing that you should do is have your emergency fund. Yep. Right. Which I think is a thousand dollars. Yeah. So, and I think the money guy show says the same amount. Okay. For first. Yeah. yeah. So, so having that as your first thing, so you, you take whatever amount it works for you and you put that into an emergency fund and that's all it is, is an emergency fund. And until that hits a thousand dollars, you're making those sacrifices. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that's a great place to start. It's, and this is like your car breaks down and mm -hmm. you need money. Most people in the U.S. cannot afford a $1,000 emergency. That's true. And so that's a really good place to start with your finances. Yeah. I do want to throw this out there too, though, is if you have that emergency fund, that's there for a reason. Yes. And if you're not going to use it when you need it, there's no point in having it. Sure. Uh, so there are things that are emergencies that sometimes we don't think of it as an emergency and, mm -hmm. and some people will use that emergency fund for something that's not an emergency. Uh, so I, I don't know if we, if we want to get into telling you what you should consider an emergency or not. I know Dave Ramsey will do that and yeah. maybe you'll agree with him and maybe you won't, but that's there for emergencies but it's also there to use if you have an emergency. Exactly. And I think, I think that's something that we need to remember and, we could, we could get into all kinds of stuff there about people that we know and whether that's using that emergency fund for something that maybe was an emergency or whether that's, hey, we have this emergency fund of $10,000, but we're not going to buy a new car when we need a new car because right. ours doesn't run anymore. So you have it there for a reason. Use it. If you need it, use it. Yeah, exactly. And then replenish it. And then, and then replace it. Yep. So I think the next thing that we want to do is we mentioned or, or you mentioned that most people cannot afford a $1,000 emergency. Mm -hmm. I think part of the reason for that is, especially here in U.S. culture, high interest debt is, is huge. And I know I've struggled with this myself, something that we've, we've worked on the last little bit, getting a lot of those high interest debts paid off. And so trying to accumulate less... Or, or trying to pay off as much of that as possible um, using some of that money. So once you have that emergency fund, tackle that debt, get rid of credit card debts and, and things like that. Now that doesn't mean that I, I will tell you that you shouldn't get a credit card right. or that you shouldn't take out a loan. I, I do all of those things and, and it works. Mm -hmm. And if you're able to make it work for you, 
that's what you need to be doing. We're not going to tell you how it should work for you, but just recognizing what works. Yeah, and one thing I want to say here is that you have to decide if your personality fits the never use a credit card or use a credit card. Because Dave Ramsey says never use credit cards. Mm -hmm. I prefer the Money Guy Show's stance on this, which is if you're the kind of person that will use a credit card and use it to the point where you can't pay it off at the end of a month, don't use credit cards. Yeah. If you're the kind of person that can use a credit card as part of your budget, as part of what you're planning to spend money on, then sure, use the credit card because you can get points for that and you can actually get money back mm -hmm. and it can establish your credit and there's a lot of benefits that come from that. But if you can't control your spending with a credit card, don't use a credit card. Yep. And, yeah. and, and I, you have to decide that for yourself. Yeah, and I, and I was going to point out too, one thing that you just mentioned is it helps establish credit. And mm -hmm. I think one of the things that we struggle with again in our culture is understanding what that credit means. Yeah. And a lot of things in, in this life, I mean, they say that you should be able to pay cash for your cars and pay cash for all these things. Well, I'm sorry, a, a 45 or $50,000 car, which is pretty common nowadays for a newer car, one that's actually going to be reliable and one that's going to run for you. Most people are not going to be able to save up and pay cash for that. And so, I mean, putting that, that monthly payment away or, you know, buying a smaller car or, or something that's a little bit more manageable. Sure. There are ways that you can do that. Buying a house. Sorry. You can't do that without credit. <laughs> buying a car. Sorry. Most people can't do that without yeah. credit and understanding using some of those maybe higher interest credit cards, but paying them off at the end of every month is a way that you can establish and build that credit. And that's a way that you're going to get better interest rates on your home loans, better interest rates on your car loans, better interest rates on things like that. And even if you have a high interest credit card or a high interest loan somewhere, if you're paying it off every month, one thing that a lot of people don't realize too is you're not going to be paying interest. Right. If, if exactly. you have a credit card and you pay off the balance every month, you only accrue interest on the balance left. Exactly. So your goal should be, if you use a credit card, your goal should be never pay interest on it, yeah. I think. Well, but I think too, another way to look at it, and we've, we've actually looked at this with our finances, is if you're paying off that monthly bill every month, it's not reflecting the same on your credit mm -hmm. as if you have a balance. So a lot of creditors are going to be looking at your credit, but they're also going to be looking at the history of if you're maintaining a balance and making the proper payment every month, Right. rather than if you just have zero balance, then why do we need to extend your credit if you're not needing credit to begin with? Mm -hmm. and, and that's what some creditors have told us is, is we would rather see you carry a small balance. So they say less than 25 to 30%. Mm -hmm of your total revolving credit of utilization. And if you if you can maintain that 25 to 30% and make your monthly payments on time, that's gonna reflect higher on your credit score and on your credit history than if you pay it off every month. Okay, yeah, so, I don't know. We've always paid our credit card off every month at the end of each month and we've always had great credit. So yeah. I don't know exactly what goes into that. My thing is I would rather never pay interest on mm -hmm. 18% interest. <laughs> I would never, yep. I, I don't want to pay that interest. Yep, exactly. Uh, Again, it's just whatever works for you. Exactly. And toot my own horn a little bit here. Um, and maybe we can do an, an episode on something like this, but 
I was, I've never had a car loan and I had to make sacrifices to do that. I do not come from wealth. I actually come from poverty and I had to drive a really crappy car for a while and Mm -hmm. then upgrade to something a little bit nicer when I could. And I've never bought a car that was newer than I think three years is the newest I've ever bought. And it was the, one of the cheapest cars I could find, but it was reliable. So, um, we can, we can go into that more. And like you said, it's different for everybody. And maybe you need something that costs a little bit more and you need to have a loan. And you can have a car loan responsibly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've never had a car loan because Dave Ramsey said never have a car loan. And then I got to the point where I don't need to have a car loan. And so I just don't anymore. Mm-hmm. But I do think that you might be in a situation where you have to have a car loan. And I, the Money Guy Show, again, dives in deeper on to how can you responsibly have a car loan. So I would, I would recommend checking them out if you want to learn more about that. Absolutely. So I think the next step that we want to get into is once you've paid off that debt, we want to establish a longer term emergency fund. And this is going to be your emergency fund for you lose your job. job. Yeah. That's probably the main thing. Or something, something major happens. There's a medical emergency. Right. You have to be life lighted somewhere and now you have it. Right. And, And you're not able to work long term. Or you have to buy a new car because you. Or were, you have yeah. to buy a new car because you were in a major accident or something like that. Been there, done that. Yeah. Yeah. So we want to we want to establish that three to six months of and and that's again it's going to go back to the budgeting, right? We want to make sure that we have that budget. We know what our monthly expenses are, and you want to have three to six months covered of those monthly expenses. Yeah. So Again, this isn't something that we want to have immediately. It's not something that you have to have right this second. And it's something for it. that yeah, yeah that you can work towards. And if you're not working toward it now, start today, mm-hmm. and then start you know with those the start with the the simple steps of saving ten dollars or whatever whatever you can save. If that's ten dollars, if it's a hundred dollars, if it's a thousand dollars a month, yeah, save what you can save. Start to build up that emergency fund. Start to pay off that debt, and just take the baby steps. Exactly. Take those take those small steps to get you where you need to go. It took me and my wife several years to get to the three to six month emergency fund. Yeah, and we got there just fairly recently, actually. But yeah. I mean, it took us a long time. And but while we were building it up, sometimes we would have to use it, and it would deplete, and then we would start building back it back up again. But that's the purpose that it serves yeah. is when you do have to buy a new car because you were totaled sorry you were in an accident your car was sold it's not your fault you get mm-hmm. some money for your car but it's not enough to buy a new one exactly. hey you can you can pay for a car with cash if you need to with that emergency fund so yeah exactly and then once we have these emergency funds that's when we want to start saving toward ourselves mm-hmm. that's that's when you invest save for your future saving for your future things like that now again this doesn't have to be i mean i mean if you want to take the money that you can save, if you can save $100 and you want to take and break that up into different percentages and put it into different accounts to cover those things, I know my wife follows somebody. I'll have to find out who that is and put it in the comments. But yeah, she follows somebody that talks about multiple accounts mm-hmm. and what each account should be used for. And so we've we've gone with kind of that approach. So we each have a personal account. We have our joint account. Uh, I just recently had started a business account. And so we have these different accounts and we're putting different amounts into each one. <clears throat> so if that's the way that works for you, put 
a portion into your emergency fund, a portion into your long-term savings, a portion into whatever, we're not telling you how you should be going about doing this. It's whatever Just that works. you should do it. Yeah, just that you should do it. Do that something. you should be saving, that you should be investing, that you should be doing those things. And then once you've got some money invested or you've worked your way to a point where you have a little bit more that you can put towards saving, then you can start to pay off other things. You can start to pay off your house. If you have a car loan yeah. responsibly, then you can start to pay that off as well. You can start to save for your children's college if you plan on helping them with college. Right? Exactly. I don't. My kids are going to work for it like I did. There but, you go. Well, we'll see. Yeah. See how that works out when you get there. <laughs> it worked yep. for me. I'm okay. Yeah. But what I'm saying is we all have great plans for our children until yeah. they hit that point. And then it's like, oh, yeah, here you go. Here's, <laughs> right. here's a phone. Here's a car. Here's <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everything that you need. Yep. So let's jump a little bit more into preparing and saving for the future. So. Mm-hmm couple of tips that we have and maybe we've already said that but I'm gonna say it again even if you can only save a little bit save a little bit just make it a habit mm -hmm. and once that's a habit you can start to figure out ways to increase the amount that you're saving so like Adam said if it, even if it's ten dollars each month do that right make that a habit to pay your future self yeah yeah it's all about just doing it taking action I think one of the quotes that I had last week was Amelia Earhart's, the, the hardest thing is deciding to take action. The rest is just tenacity or something to that effect. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, once you, once you decide, once you take action, once you do it, and you do it over a period of time, it's going to become a habit. And that's another thing that we're going to talk about is actions become habits. Yeah. Something else that we'll talk about in a future episode. But once you start doing it and it becomes easier and easier, you're able to put more and more and more and you're able to build that good habit and then you see the reward in the future. Exactly. So. And I also think that one of the benefits to saving when you feel like you don't make enough to save and figuring out just even a small amount that you can do, if you save money when it's hard to save money because you don't make very much, it's going to be a lot easier to save money when you when you do make money and have something to save. Yeah. So that if you can create that habit then because what a lot of people do is they make 40000 a year, they spend 43000 a year. Then they get to the point where they make 48000 a year and they spend 50000 a year. Mm -hmm. Then they get to the point where they make 75000 a year, they spend 80000 a year. That's just something that for some reason in our culture we do. Yeah. So if you can, while you're making 40000 a year, if you can spend 38000 a year and you save $2,000 a year, once you get to the point where you make 50000 a year, you might increase some of your spending, but maybe now you can save 45000 a year. So it yeah. just it gets easier as you make more money if you've already been doing it. Yep. Yeah, I like that. That's. Yep. It's already a habit, so already. you're going to keep doing it. Perfect. So planning for the future, one of the things you can think about is what do I want to do in five years? Do Is there a trip I want to go on? Mm -hmm. And think more long-term, too. When do I want to retire? How much do I need? And there are resources you can find online. Just search, how much money do I need to retire? And yeah. It'll have you put in information about yourself as far as how much you spend now and how much you make and things like that. And it'll help you cal calculate how much you'll need at retirement. So plan for the future by figuring out what you're saving for, what you want to do in the future, and then uh, start working on that now. And in a less financial aspect of that, figure out what do I want to be doing for a living in, in five years? Is that what I'm doing now or is it something different? Mm -hmm. And either way, start working on building skills, making connections with people, 
that way in five years, you don't get to the point where like, man, I'm still doing the same thing, but I haven't given myself an opportunity to, to switch things up and try something new. Absolutely. And I think that's, that's going to be one of the biggest things is we talked about in, in the beginning when we were establishing kind of the, the idea of balance, we talked about, we set these grand goals for ourselves, but what are we doing right now yeah. to, to get there? And I think, like you mentioned, you can go out, you can find resources, you can do a Google search of how much do I need to retire. Funny thing is, is you're probably going to find 10 different resources that are all going to give you a different number. Yeah. And again, it's whatever works for you. I think one of the ones that you recommended to me recently was Retire Sooner with yeah. Wes Moss. And that's another one that we're going to recommend. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it was the first time that I heard that you don't need a couple million dollars to retire. Yeah. And one of the things that he talked about in his earlier episodes was <clears throat> the experts say that you should have $5 million to retire. 10 million, some and say. Then, yeah. Well, yeah, so so they said $5 million, and then once people started hitting that $5 million mark, they were saying, now you need $10 million. Yeah. And it, it just keeps getting higher and higher, and I think that's kind of where we're at right now is it's, it's getting to the point where the, the experts are giving us these unachievable right. amounts exactly. because basically you – they don't want you to retire. Right. They don't want you to stop working. They want you to work until you're dead kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And he says that you need $500,000 to retire. Now, I'm not going to say that that's the perfect number. Um, I think he <clears> says that's the minimum, right? Yeah. For some people, that's going to work. For others, it won't. Yeah. But the way that he breaks it down of what percentage you're putting where and living off of your re- rate of return, right? Things like that. And so... I, I think, like you said, it's figuring out where you want to be, figuring out what you want to be doing, and then working to get there. Exactly. So, yep, work towards that and take your baby steps now and keep working on it. It's yep. You're going to be much better off if you get to retirement age and you have seven hundred and fifty thousand than if you haven't saved anything and you have twenty thousand, mm-hmm. basically an emergency fund, right? Yep. So, um, build towards it now. Do what you can. And then keep reevaluating it as you go. Yep. So as far as things to invest in, I think maybe most people immediately think of stocks. Mm-hmm. And there are great options for investing in stocks. There are diversified mutual fund accounts that are less risky, that you might you might lose some money right now when the economy is going down. But if you just consistently put money in uh, every month, you pay yourself for the future that money will expand and, and go, go up. I know the, uh, the money guy show, they talk about how much your dollar can turn into in 20 years and 30 years mm-hmm. if you're investing it. And they, they know way more than I do about what types of, you know, diversified accounts you should use. And that's where I'm learning a lot of my information about what I'm investing into. Mm-hmm. But that can be a great way to build your money for the future. Because if you're 20 years old and you put a dollar in, that will turn into about $88 by the time you're 60 or 65, something like that. So, okay. so if you're able to, you know, put in a hundred bucks a month when you're 20, that's like not that much money that's doable. That turns into a ton of money by the time you're 60. Right. So start now, whatever age you are is, is kind of the key there with investing in stocks. But real estate is another great one. I know there are tons of books about how, uh, you know, if you buy a house now and then 
you buy a new one later, but you, instead of selling the original one, if you're able to somehow yeah. hold on to it and then rent it out, that can be a great stream of income. I think like Airbnbs so, now, oh, or, yeah. or VRBO type, uh, vacation rentals is the common term, I think. Yeah. But yeah, vacation rentals is, is a big way to do that. And I think the again, the key to remember is we're not going to tell you what specific stocks you should invest in. Right. We're not going to tell you where you should be putting your money. There are a lot of experts out there. Mm-hmm. And we'll share some resources in, yeah. in the show notes. And feel free to go read books. Do a Google search and you can find places to invest your money. And you can find experts. And if you get onto Spotify or Audible or wherever you get your podcasts, you can do a search for money podcasts and or wealth or follow hashtags on social media. I mean, there's so many resources out there where you can find ideas for where to put your money and every one of them is going to be different. Something I want to say here is there are so many resources that are not good that Mm -hmm. are also trying to take advantage of people. Absolutely. And making a change financially is a little more complicated than making a change to your your diet or your exercise. Mm -hmm. If you're not exercising right or the best way, you're still going to see improvement. I mean, there is a possibility maybe of injury if you're doing something really wrong. But for the most part, like if you just start exercising, you're going to be good. It's going to be good for you. But there are a lot of people out there who try to take advantage of people. So it's, and there's so many complicated things out there. So my recommendation is research, learn things. But if you're not sure about something, just talk with somebody else about Mm -hmm. it say, what do you think about this? Does this seem like maybe it's a scam or is this something that could help me out? Right. There's, there's so many good and bad, uh, pieces of advice out there. So, yeah. And I think one of the, one of the things with that too, is you mentioned earlier, you mentioned networking yeah, and, and talking to other people. And I think one of the things that I've learned with my network is you should always have, I can't remember who said it. I'll have to, I'll have to look it up and put it in the show notes, but they talk about the plus minus and equal mm-hmm. idea of you should always be associating yourself with people who are ahead of you on whatever journey you're taking. You should always have people who are learning from you. And then you should always have people who are at the same point in your journey. And, and so that can work for physical, that can work with mental, it can work with financial, it can work with spiritual, it can work with all of our pillars of health is to find those people who are ahead of you and since and we're, learn from yeah, since yeah. we're specifically talking about financial, find the people that have the lifestyle that you want to live. Find the people that have the house that you want or the boat that you want or the truck that you want or the retirement, retirement estate. estate or find the people that have the life that you want to live and, and talk to them. Ask them what they've done to get there. And, and learn from those people. And then always have people that you're bringing along as well. As you're progressing on your journey, we always talk about giving back. Always have people there that are learning from you. And then always have people there that are at the same place that you are, but moving forward along with you. That you can help to motivate each other and, and carry each other through. So, Definitely. That's great advice. I, yeah, I think that's a that's a good way to, to do your research. And like Perry said, when you're... If, if you don't know where to go, ask somebody, but make sure that you're asking the right people. Ask the people that have the life that you want to live. And we're not going to specifically endorse uh, any retirement account companies or anything. 
but there are a couple that are really easy to use. Vanguard and Fidelity are, are two that I've used. There are other options. I think Les, Les Schwab is one of the other big ones. Yeah, um, I, I use uh, Boya. Oh yeah, I've heard of that. That's, so, that's the one I get with, with my company that I work for. So Yep, there's so many options. In. And some of those don't have to be connected with work. You can just create a free account. Mm -hmm. You can invest at a very low cost yeah. and they have a lot of options to choose from. There are target retirement accounts is a really great place to start because you don't have to do very much in picking what you choose, what you're going to invest in. You basically just say, all right, here's how much I want to have in 50 years. And so, uh, you know, do your thing Vanguard and put my money wherever it makes the most sense. And it, and yep. it, based on the level of risk that you uh, give it, it will automatically just, just make that. And you just, you have to adjust it from time to time, but yep. that's a good place to start as you're starting to learn more. Starting now is the most important thing. Absolutely. And short term too, there, there are, are different options out there. There are um, apps that you can use yep. that will round up purchases. So oh, yeah. Acorns is one that I use. Right. I also have uh, an online bank chime I, I use Chime for my business account and it has a roundup option where every time I make a purchase with that debit card, it will round it up and transfer that money into my savings account automatically. So there are options out there for short-term savings as well that will just do simple things like that. And over time it's going to build mm -hmm. and you can use that for an emergency fund or you can use that as just, Hey, I want to save up a hundred bucks to buy this new toy and so you just use yeah. your roundups and then you, you have a hundred bucks cash that you don't have to put on a credit card. A lot of great resources out there for yep. sure. So one of the other things we've been, we've been talking a lot about defense. One of the things for me that I've chosen to focus my attention more towards at the moment is offense. Um, I, I created my budget and I see a number in red at the end, right? What am I going to do with that? So if I, if I am not making enough money to meet even my basic monthly expenses, where do I go from there? And that's where the offense comes into play. That's where we're looking at how can I increase my earning potential. So obviously we can control a little bit more our spending habits, but how can I increase my earning potential? What are some ways that we can, mm -hmm. we can go about that? So <clears throat> a few things that we want to talk about is number one, jobs, right? A, a full-time income is probably the, the number one way that most people are earning money yeah. at the moment is by working for somebody else. Now, again, we're not going to tell you that there's one right or wrong way, but working a job is sometimes a guaranteed income and it's, is a way to bring in more money. So and can sometimes I sometimes working a second job for a temporary amount of time can help you just get ahead. Yep. But so that's that, not a long-term solution. <laughs> it's not a long-term solution, but that is one of the things that we can talk about as far as offense goes. If I'm not making up enough money to meet my monthly expenses, I can go get a part-time job to bring in a little bit more money mm -hmm. to, to get me at least over that hump and, and have a temporary solution so maybe I can start putting some money into savings. Yeah. That can help you get some of the debt down, which frees up money. And, <clears throat> yep, exactly. So how... What are some things that we can do to get there, right? Show off your skills, gain new skills. There are a lot of websites that you can go to now or apps that you can go to now and you can learn a new skill for free. Yeah, you can learn to code. You can learn online. to code online for free. There are there are many places where you can go and learn how to build web pages. Yeah. Get the, well, 
I'm not going to make any more references because then I have to put it in the show notes. But <laughs> there are books, there are podcasts, there are so many things where you can go find resources and you can learn a new skill. Mm-hmm. And that's a way that you can, number one, get a second job to bring in some more income. Or if you don't like where you're at or if you're not making enough money where you're at, go learn that new skill and get a new job. Yeah, I know a lot of the local fast food restaurants are starting out at like 15 bucks an hour now. Yeah. Um, Popeye's in Spanish Fork was doing job fairs and everything, and they were looking to hire for 15, 14 bucks an hour. Well, they're just not finding enough people. There, there are jobs open, yeah, and they're there, having to raise. There are a yeah. lot of jobs available now, and, and for a second job, there are a lot that will pay you yeah. quite a bit more than what I'm used to getting for, for simple jobs like that. I had a friend who uh, delivered Domino's <clears throat> Pizza for mm-hmm. a while on top of working at a hospital where, where he was working just to make some extra money to pay for school. Yep, absolutely. So so gain those new skills, um, find a new job. If you're, if you're looking for a job, there are plenty of jobs to be had out there. And if you want to start job hunting, there are places where you can start looking for that. I'm sure you've seen commercials for the different apps that you can get on and, and you can find a new job. There are plenty of them out there. Another thing, that I've been recently very interested in is starting businesses and side hustles. Mm-hmm. I actually had a, a colleague at work who mentioned a few years ago, everybody's got to have a side hustle. Yeah. You know, whether your side hustle is bringing in extra income, whether it's a hobby that's in improving your skills, doing a podcast, doing a podcast, being in a band, being in a band <laughs> any of those things. You've got to have something that occupies your time and, and a passion project. And so I think everybody has the ability now, and especially now, it is so easy to start an online business. It's not s- easy to make money necessarily. It's not easy to make money necessarily, but it's so easy to start a business. And we'll talk about some of the key factors with starting a business in future episodes. Yeah. But I think that's another way that you can work on your offense is... Start a business. Mm -hmm. Start a side hustle. Do something that's going to bring in some of that extra money. Something you're passionate about. Absolutely. Because you need to have fun doing a side hustle. It needs to be something you enjoy. Absolutely. if it turns into making a bunch of money, that's awesome. If it doesn't, you know, you find something else, I guess. But but that can be a really great way to just spend time doing something you're passionate about and work towards making extra income. Yep. And the other thing, too, is if you're passionate about it, people are going to see that and... People are going to want what you have. Exactly. One other thing I want to say about improving your offense is if you like the company you work for, but you're not making enough money, maybe you don't like the job that you're at. I've personally experienced this and seen other people do extra projects, find ways to set yourself apart and move up within the company. Mm -hmm. And if there's no path moving up in the company, then maybe it's time to move on. And I've also done that as well. So I've had both of those things happen where where I loved where I was and I wanted to move up within the company and I just found ways to set myself apart by bringing new ideas, doing extra projects on the side, working a little bit extra, maybe a few extra hours for a couple weeks to do a project. Mm -hmm. And that made an impression and I was able to move up. And then actually it was at the same company that I eventually felt like I was stuck and couldn't move up anymore. And so I moved on to a different company. So both of those can be ways to, to improve your income. Yep. So, and then I want to talk, we talked about this last week, but 
giving to others. Mm -hmm. That's a really important part of finances. One, it helps you avoid becoming greedy. It also helps you appreciate what you have. And it's just a really important part of managing your income is giving some of that to others. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's very important. And I think we, we should never be doing things just to get right. in return, right? We should never be looking for people that we can help just for the sake of getting something in return. But I think it is something that we can recognize that when you give to others, you usually get something in return. And whether that is a, a better feeling, a higher vibration, whether it's actually financial, you, you actually, somebody gives you money in return, whatever it is, you, you usually are going to benefit quite extensively from giving to others and definitely. serving others. So definitely. I think that's definitely something to keep in mind as well. Okay. Well, should we go on to our weekly challenge? Yeah. Adam? So just like every week, we've got a, a challenge for you this week. And because we're talking about financial health, I, I think... Like we've said, we, we struggle with this as a society. And so <clears throat> our weekly challenge this week is to create a budget. And like we said, there are many resources out there. There are templates that you can use. If you already have a budget in place, good for you. See if there's a way to improve See it. See if there's a way to improve it. See if there's areas where you're lacking, where you need to improve and go for it. If you're not keeping a budget, which I would probably say is most people, a, a fair majority of the people, if you don't have a budget, if you're not tracking the money that you're spending and the money that you're making, do it. Just find a way that you can, even if you write it down on a napkin, I know that's my wife actually just, she'll sit down every month when we get paid and she writes out every yeah. bill that we have and she just keeps track as we go along. Mm -hmm. So uh, we do we do have a budget that we kind of follow along with, but then she has her yeah. system. My wife does the same thing. When we get paid and, yeah. and it works for her. So. Whatever it is that works for you, figure out a tracking system that you can use for tracking your money. There you go. Well, thank you so much for listening. Yep. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review, leave us a comment, give us a like, etc. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all those things. And check us out. We have new episodes every Monday. And we're going to be Spotify, anywhere. iTunes, Amazon, yep. Google, YouTube, etc. Yep. So don't forget, join us next week. We will be back next Monday. And we're going to actually start building our foundation. So let's, let's talk about the cornerstone of your success. Okay. We'll see you next week. Yep. Thank you.